0: Good evening, welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 45 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com. Tonight, we are talking about the happiness formula. We are very excited to bring you this special training followed by a Q&A session where we will be answering your questions. First off, we have Mr. Rob Rowe with us. Rob is one of the facilitators in the basic division and the men's leadership class. He has been involved with PSI seminars for over 22 years. He is an avid reader, loves to golf, and is involved in a number of charities. Rob, are you with us?
1: I am. Good evening. Welcome to the podcast and looking for the formula of happiness. Now, as we get into the formula of happiness, I need to first start off by making a distinction that happiness is not the same as joy. Happiness is something that needs to be generated on an ongoing basis, and joy is something that can be established one time, and then once experience can be moved along and happening again. Joy is like a hope of something. Let's go back to a time where if you experienced Christmas, and if you didn't have Christmases, you may have had a birthday, and if you didn't have a birthday, you may have a thing called a special dinner, a Thanksgiving, or some sort of meal. Always at Christmas time, when I was a kid, I remember all of us are hugely excited about the Christmas gifts underneath the tree. And we had this energy going on inside of us day in and day out. A huge desire, a huge experience of wanting to see what was in those gifts. And We'd shake them and we'd look at them and we'd try to guess about them and we'd go through all this anticipation of what was going to happen when we opened the gifts. Once opened, it's really funny, the gift's just a gift. Suddenly it's not as exciting as it was before you opened it. Well, all that anticipation before you open the gift, that's called joy. Joy is the anticipation of things hoped for and it's not the same as happiness. As you can see, if you want to create joyful moments throughout your life, set up scenarios in your world where you have gifts that you'll be giving yourself, treats that you'll be having, uh, whether it be trips or experiences or milestones or things of that nature. But I want to make that distinction because happiness, even though we're going to use the word happiness formula, um, it is formulated, but it definitely has some distinctions to it that have to be worked on and created within your world. And so let's go ahead and start jumping in and breaking it down. So you're aware the first part of happiness is that it it part of its internal it you have a you have a set a sets point in your system uh, that's maintained by your genes and your DNA. It's actually coded in your DNA. And you have a level that you naturally hold on to as your normal happiness level. Um, We've even created emotional addictions that keep us at a a flat-line point of happiness. Uh, uh, As I grew up, I was taught not to get too happy about anything, so my flat-line point about happiness is pretty darn low. Um, It's got to take a lot to actually get me into a happiness realm. Um, And the interesting thing about the flat-line point of happiness, regardless of what you do to experience happiness, i.e. winning the lottery, Uh, shooting a 74, um, obtaining a lot of money, that experience and that elevation of that zone is going to bring it up, my happiness level up, and then it's going to retract or retreat back close to that set point. Um, The point is to grow the set point until it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And the only way to grow that is through meditational time frames and also through experiencing happiness. Now, genetically speaking, and also from a DNA standpoint, I got to point out a woman called my wife, who has a, she has a completely different set point. She is virtually always happy. And so when she is always happy, she only creates experiences that generates more and more happiness. I mean, she's like the golden retriever in comparison to me. I'm a little more like Eeyore the donkey, and she's like a golden retriever. And so it's like the phone rings. She's all excited. She wants to go see it, get on it to see who's actually there. Um, I'm the kind of guy that may just look down at the number and go, ah, not today, not today. So we have very different ways of dealing with our life. And so she has a lot different set point when it comes to happiness. And so everything that she builds on naturally makes it easier and easier for her to be happy. Mine, similar process, it's not that it makes it more difficult to be happy, but I have to be more conscientious of it and do some things to make it um, elevated, to create a, a higher set point and work with myself from that set point. And so, know that. Part of it is genetic, part of it is what we refer to associated with your DNA system, part of it is what we associate to your emotional addictions. We all like to be at a certain level and we like to look externally looking at our world and saying, the reason I'm not more happy is because uh, this scenario or that scenario or this scenario, I don't make enough money, I live in this particular house, I'm actually only renting, I'm always a disappointment to my parents. And so we have external reasons that justify that set point. But truly, that set point has nothing to do with those external reasons. This is a place that you like to operate from. It's a place where you've maintained the most control and it's the most safe for you. And it fits the fight and flight survival mindset that most of us are caught up in. And so that's your set point. That's where you work from. Another way that affects your happiness are your circumstances. I just pointed out a few circumstances like finances, where you live, what kind of car you drive, what kind of friends you have. These circumstances had the least to do with generating happiness than anything on the planet. It's about, if you were to say part of the formula is your genes, DNA, and addictions make up about 40% level of what's going to make you happy, well, circumstances is probably like 2 or 3%. And oddly enough, we put the most energy on it. But external circumstances like houses, salaries, relationships, uh, um, trips, anything external, these circumstances do very little to generate happiness within you. Not that they're not going to play a part in working with happiness. It's just they're not the big gig. They're not the big number. They're just out there. Um, They're almost a a quality of what happens when you're you're a happy person. It's an extension. It's a byproduct versus the actual thing that makes you happy. And so they extend from that. And so when you get down actually into the cycle, you got your A, which is your genes, DNA, addiction. And you got your circumstances, which is like B. Um, Now it needs to be popped up into C to create you developing more happiness within your world. And so C is what I refer to as the happenings in your life. And in working with the happenings that's created your life, I want to work with two particular concepts, one that we have in the basic and another one that we have at size seven. And I also want to make mention of a perceptional tool concept from the basic to try to establish and work with this happiness idea. Happenings, you have past happenings, you have present happenings, and you have future happenings. Your world is comprised of these three areas. And so it's important that we begin to look at these three areas and notice how they're generating or not generating happiness, fulfillment, contentment within our lives. What happens is that we have a set of emotions that we refer to as rather unhealthy that are connected to what we experience about our past. And so if we were victimized, if we were problematic, if we had a terrible past, if you were brutalized, if you were bullied, if you were beaten, if you were verbally abused, if you were dealing with sexual abuse, we have a tendency of seeing this past in a very unhealthy way. And that unhealthy way generates a certain emotional value inside of us to where we look at our past, we regret what's taken place, we regret who we are as human beings, and we have a lot of energy from that. That's going to flow through into what we see in our future. Because if this past has happened, we will only, as intelligent human beings, in trying to keep ourselves safe and in control, project that into the possible futures that will take place. If this has happened to me before, then I can see these things happening to me in the future. Our family, were always poor. My dad always did this. Um, we never have a great Christmas time. Families are always supposed to be problematic. Families are always dysfunctional. And the best one of all, no one is ever happy. And as long as you're committed to being right about that particular concept, you will make sure That in your future, you will generate no happiness, and in your past, you will see no things that will create that happiness. That's a very unhealthy emotional construct that we have set up upon our future. And then, what do you feel about your present? Your emotional energies around your present. Those tend to be rather unhealthy, too, because you have a bunch of stuff set up about the past. You have a bunch of fears set up about the future. It's only going to bring you into fears and considerations and concerns about about your present which is not going to actually create a foundation or a vantage point that's going to create um, an opportunity for you to be happy or to experience happiness. So I want to say that one particular principle from, from the basic um, or in one particular principle from the Psy7 class, and I want to make mention of it utilizing this thing called victim responsible. In the basic, we talk about a perceptual tool called victim responsible. Victim responsible is the ability to take up any scenario that's happened within your past and you see it in a victim vantage point. You see it from, a, I blame them, um, I blame the scenario, I blame God, I blame my luck, I blame, 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 and I put all of my responsibility, I take all my, I take away all my responsibility away, and I all blame it upon the circumstances that took place, These scenarios happened, and so everything broke down, and this is what took place. And so I can feel bad. I can feel mad. I can feel angry. I can bring up a lot of emotions that don't particularly serve me because I'm operating from a place of a victim. Victims rarely get anything done. Victims very rarely feel like they are actually contributing to their world or the world around them. And so they're solidified. They're neg- they, they use the word negative, but it's not negative. It's all justified based on how they feel about themselves. But they feel um, very limited and they feel very, um, what's the word, tainted, pulled back. And then in that class, we asked you to take that very same scenario, whatever it was that took place for you, and we asked you to see it from a very different perspective. And that's what we call responsible. Responsible now, you have no need to blame anybody else in your life. You have no need to blame the circumstances that took place. But all you're looking at it is based on what I did, based on what I said. How did I make this particular event come about? So based on the choices that I made or did not make, how did this experience come about? Now, instantly when we don't want to deal with responsible, we jump back into either when we were molested or we were raped or somebody was molested or somebody was raped in our world, and we go, how are we supposed to see by the choice I made or the choice I didn't make, I am responsible for that? I'm asking you not to go there. I'm asking you to pick up the things right now in your immediate past that you're looking at saying, wow, you know, you missed a plane flight. Someone embezzled some money from you. Someone said things about you behind your back. These are all in the present five to seven years that you are actually carrying around with you on a daily basis. And these are the ones you want to start with. How can you see them from a responsible point of view? How can you see based on the choices that you made or did not make, these particular events took place? You know that you're hitting it because you will feel empowered. You'll feel a healthy kind of energy. You will see how you actually manifested that in your life. And so now you can see if you can manifest these things in your life, why not shift your thinking to create other things in your life? And so that's a way of perception of seeing your life that's going to shift it from a victimy. Mindset into a responsible mindset, and from the responsible mindset, you can create a long lasting, healthy happiness. So, operating from responsible, utilizing yet another tool from the basic, you're going to look at your past. In the basic, there's a thing called the realm of now, realm of meaning, and what it's talking about is as human beings, we live in two different realms. When we see any activity that takes place in our life, we experience it from two different realms. The first is the realm of now. For instance, a few weeks ago, about a month ago, a guy was driving at me. Uh, He was about ready to, to blindside my brand new Jeep. He was texting or something, I could tell. The last second, he noticed what he was doing. I noticed what he was doing. I veered a little bit, and I don't know how this man missed me, but all that happened was his mirror scraped my fenders and tore off my, um, the cover to the handle on my driver's side door. In the realm of now, all that is is a man in another vehicle narrowly missing my vehicle And that's all it is. It's an event, and our life is is consistent of events. Almost got hit by a car. Got um, almost almost had my um, uh, paint ripped off. All these events are the now. Right now, you're listening to this podcast. Right now, you're thinking of things about this podcast. Right now, you're thinking about future events and future things, so you're no longer actually in this podcast. But you're still sitting at your chair. You're still sitting in your car, and this thing's happening. So if you're sitting in your car, you're driving by things. So these are now, 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 now. And so the important part about when you're seeing this way, in the realm of now, that has no emotional value. There's no emotional significance to now. It's just an event. The guy missed my car narrowly, only ripping off my handle. There is no emotional energy associated with that. It's just something that happened. We also live in a thing called the realm of meaning, which means we apply meaning to all these nouns. Some of them, we apply a very powerful meaning that is unhealthy and does not assist us. Others, we apply little to no meaning and we put it back into a place called forgotten. This pool of events in your past are all unhealthily associated, which is generating part of your unhappiness in your present. And not having you allow you to see happiness in your future. So, the choice you have before you is that you can apply the meaning to the event. I.e., me almost getting hit by a car. He almost hit me. I almost died. I can't believe this happened. I can't trust the world. I can't trust people. He never stopped. He never talked to me. People are evil. They should not be trusted. I can't believe this almost took place. I almost died. I attach all this meaning to that event and it has nothing to do with that event. And so I can go back and look at it. And what really happened was I was fortunate to have my car completely missed, just, just scraped, barely scraped, where I could have been in a total accident that could have caused me bodily injury or harm. That guy who obviously was driving that vehicle didn't have a lot of money. And so if he did any more damage to his vehicle, he would have had to have stopped and probably didn't have insurance and may have got actually, you know, arrested. And so I start looking at these particular events and I take the, the reactive emotional energy off of it and I see it from my true value point. I want the best for people. I want the best for myself. I want the best for the world. Um, I start looking at my true loyalties in life. Then I'm able to see this event in a very completely different light and paint it in more of a healthy quality to where when I reflect upon it, it sets up a great foundation for me to move forward in my life. And so part of your job in creating future happiness is taking all your past events and merely re-emotionally evaluating them, allowing yourself to see them in a completely new light. From a responsible way that sheds a that's where you look back in your past and you see all the amazing things that took place. And now you can see it utilizing the eyes of gratitude versus the eyes of pessimism, survivalism, and difficulties. Creating healthy emotions in the now means you're consciously aware of what you're going through. And as that consciousness begins to actually um, level up. You're able to look at the particular events in your life and see how you generated them from the past, utilizing particular choices that you want to become a different person in the future. And so how you make healthy emotions about the future is all based upon your past by decisions you're making in your now. Now that I look back at my past and I don't see it's an evil universe, I actually see it's a fundamentally sound universe, now I can look out into my future and I can see that I can trust the universe, I can trust people, I can trust the environment, I can deal with trust in a whole different way. I can have a calmness when I'm looking into my future. I can create an enthusiasm of what's going to take place and what's going to happen. And so that is all being generated, an optimism, a hope, a faith, a trust. And so that creates a completely different energy, and it's all coinciding with the idea of happiness. And so breaking down your past, re-identifying your future, and then creating a brand new now to where you're living out of those two vitalities brings a level of happiness to you that you can't even realize. And now, to couple that up with the next particular concept, and this is the concept that we have in Sci 7 in Psy7, at the end of the week, we let them know that they have three ways of operating. Those three ways of operating in the world come in these little philosophical phrases. The first one is have, do, be. And the have, do, be concept is, in your mind, you probably experienced it before in your world, when I have this, then I will do that, and then I will be happy. And so when I have an education, I will create a job, and then I'll be happy. I'll be excited. I'll have the happiness I always wanted. Um, when I have, it's like when, we were, when we were in high school especially, when I have the new car, uh, I will cruise Main Street, and then I'll be cool, and I'll be happy. And so this first concept is all about once I have, then I can do something that I've always wanted to do, and in doing that, it will create the happiness, the coolness, the joy, or whatever it is that I say that I want to have in my, my life. In this case, it's the normal formula that people use to create happiness. If I had a million dollars, then I could do whatever I want, and I could travel wherever I want, and I'd be happy. It's a normal formula that's used by a lot of people. If I had that kind of education, I could have a better job, and then I could be happy, I could be luxurious, I could be whatever. If I were smarter, um, then I would make better decisions doing, then I could be happy. That's the normal formula that's used throughout the system, for most people at least. That's the ones I experience. And so their whole happiness, their whole way of seeing themselves is all based on what they have, and then what they'll do with what they have. The next way of operating is another way. It's called do, be, have. Now, I've experienced this a lot more in the seminars as of late. A lot of people operate from this doing this concept. We're always caught up in what needs to be done. And so when I do this, then I'll be happy and I'll have the car or the money or the whatever it is that I want. For instance, it's like when you are out of alignment with your relationship, in other words, when you irritated, frustrated, did something, one of the first things out of most people's mouths that I often hear, at least from men, is what do you want me to do to fix things? What do I need to do to fix it? And so that's this formula. What do I need to do so you're going to be happy and we're going to have some consolidation and some closure so everything's okay? Okay. In scenarios with people, they read these books, the self-help books, the shelf-help books, I want to become a better human being, I want to be a better Christian, I want to be a better businessman, I want to da 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 see it all the time. The normal formula in that book is they tell us what you need to do to be a good man, to be a good woman, to be a better Christian, to be better in business. And so they're telling you, when you do these things, you'll be better in business and then you'll have what you want whatever it is that you're after, a house, car, boat, island. And so you see this construct out quite often. and It seems to be the, the happiness construct that people are utilizing. And then what happens is, is I see this other little scenario coming. What do you need to do to get the promotion? That's another do be happy. What do I need to do to myself? for This is, you know, especially when people who are dating. What do I need to do to have you like me? What do I need to do to, to create the promotion? Uh, so what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? So it's always about doing, doing, doing. And then from doing, then people will be happy and then we can have what we want. So do behalf is big in our society. And that's a formula. Those, both those two top formulas are what I see most often within the world. Now, this third way is what we're telling them in the life success course. We have constantly asked you to work with all week long. Because you're not a human doing. You're actually a human being. And so rather than seeing what needs to be done. We ask you to reflect on this. Rather than have, do, be. Rather than do, be, have. The answer for the happiness formula is be. Do. Have. Rather than trying to. manufacture an environment that you can assess will be a happy environment. Be happy now. Bring your happiness to what you do and you will have what you want. Ernestine Fisher, she was a great science director, period. She worked with us for many years and her phrase is pretty simple. Bring who you are to what you do, and you will have what you want. And so what we're asking you to do, the true formula, is be happy. Be, bring that beingness, and beingness is hard. I got it. Beingness is an energy that has to be, needs to be generated or created. Um, beingness is something that's hard to explain, it's hard to hard to see. Hence, that's why, as human beings, you're considered quite a mystery. If I were to write something down on a page, like a bunch of words or a bunch of diagrams, and I were saying the beingness of this particular page is not what I just wrote down, but it's the page that holds it. Beingness is the thing that's all around you. It's an emotional, intellectual, powerful energy that when you start, when you start um, harnessing and utilizing, um, that's when you start creating two th- true things within your world. One of the ways you generate and work with beingness is based off that uh, presentation thing a little bit earlier. How you regenerate your past, that actually reminds you to receive things in the future, that brings you in a more solid now. And once you're in that now, you can bring forth any beingness that you want. Examples are challenging at this point because you could only have experienced it. It's hard to actually say and try to bring up an experience that we've all had. But the point is that when you're being something completely, you become very aware of it and you obtain a thing called the flow. You know what to do. When you're in a particular moment so totally and you're so encased in being joyful and happy, whatever seems to come out of your mouth is flowing out of your mouth. And it's almost something that you don't have to even say very much. When you're in the flow and you're joyful around Christmas time, you see a gift, and it's not because the value or the monetary aspect of the gift. You see that gift, you know, because it's perfect. In perfection, this is the gift that you buy, and you know what's going to happen. It's going to make a total difference in whoever that you're giving it to. And so you're being this happiness and automatic through what you do, you're creating a a different relationship that you've had before. So you're bringing who you are to what you do, i.e. If you see yourself as a wealthy person, wealthiness is a beingness. It's a beingness that must be generated from within. inside. Happiness is a beingness that you need to generate from inside. So when you hold yourself as happy, when you hold yourself as successful, when you be mindful, when you be aware, when you be peaceful, when you be loving or appreciative, like forgiveness, there's no formula for forgiveness. you got to be a forgiving person. And then hence you'll generate forgiveness for others and forgiveness for yourself. And so being these ways will create the actions in your world for you to generate and have whatever you want. And whatever you want, you will come to find out is not always millions. It's not always homes. It's not always a lot of other things. But sometimes it's just enough. It's perfect for you and whoever you're with. It doesn't look like what everybody else's looks like. So... The formula and the answer is the most challenging one because you're going to have to create it from within. I was looking into this to see how would I share on this podcast? Where do you start? Well, one of the places you start is when you start off on any given day. It's in the morning. In the morning, rather than making your list of what to do, got to do this, got to do that, got to do this, got to do that. Make a list of how you need to be in your day. How do you need to be in this day? So years ago, I did this golfing uh, thing called Golf in the Kingdom. And one of the things that they told us is that we were very, very um, imp- disproportional to how we're actually utilizing a golf course. We're out there for three or four hours. We remember around seven minutes of it, and we're angry most of the time. And so we're not living off of anything like our intention or our commitment. And so one of the things they make us mindful is what's the intention, what's the commitment? And so for a whole golf round for 18 holes, I had a partner and, he, and I was his partner. And what we do is before each and every shot, we would ask each other, what's your intention and what's your commitment? And the intention, the commitment could not be where the ball was going. See, in golf, you want the ball to go to your places. I want it on the green. I want it in the hole. I want it on the fairway. What they made us do was not where the ball, not what your intention is for the ball, not what your intention is for, your, for um, where it's going to land or where it's going to end up. But what's the intention of how you're going to be when the shot is finished? How are you going to be satisfied, excited, fulfilled, thoughtful, loving, kind, by creating that shot, what are you going to generate out? What's your intention? How you intend to be when that shot's done? Which brought a brand new element to golf and changed golf for all time for myself and many people in that class. The same is true for your life. Not what you're going to do tomorrow. How are you going to be tomorrow? I don't know, Rob, I'm not sure what being this is. Well, it makes you work on it. it makes you mean to reflect on it. Because you truly are a human being. Not a doing. And right now you become a really good doing. And you try to do happiness. And happiness is not something you do. Happiness is changed. Happiness is generated by how you be. It's the foundation by almost all things are taking place. Einstein once said, I didn't do E equals MC squared. I became aware of it in a dream. It was something that I was being in a dream, and I had to spend the rest of my life proving it. When you're in the beingness of happiness, when you're in the beingness of joy, you're in the beingness of excitement, when the beingness of love, you know you're in it because you create this magical energy called the flow. And then you operate from a place of I just knew. I just knew you'd be there. I just knew. I just knew this was going to happen. And not in that terrible, unhealthy way. Because sometimes that's how we operate. We get so decimated by our past. And we get so pessimistic. And so the red light comes up. I knew this was going to happen. They leave you. I knew this was going to happen. That's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about when the gift comes out of nowhere. When someone shows up to give you a hand. When you didn't even tell them you needed a hand. When the call comes in. When you least expect it. This is being attracted by your beingness. When you be who you are, then what you do is in alignment, and then you'll have what you want. So bring who you are, bring the joy, the peace, the happiness to what it is that you do, and then you will have what you want. I think that's, the sums it up. So uh, Kat, as I understand, we have some questions?
0: We sure do. We have quite a few questions. Uh, before we go into the questions, though, I want to take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to support you in being the happiest person you can be, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away. And for the results that you really want to create in your life, at the PSI basic seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and Discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The basic is an experiential class where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, if there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself in your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psibasicseminar.com. Now for our first question from CB, when people are facing very challenging times, financial, health, or whatever it may be, How can they foster happiness in their day?
1: So utilizing some of the tools I just talked about, um, when you're facing challenging times, you tar- when you use the victim-responsible concept, that's the first step when you're trying to break from I'm upset, angry, to I feel happy and joyful, excited about what's taking place. And that is you're seeing cha- – how do you see the challenging and upsetting time? Are you seeing that you are at um, – it's, it's something that's happening to you or it's something that you're creating? When you see it, and you say, well, no, why would I want to create poverty? Why would I want to create that? Why would, I want to, why would I want to do that to my life? Well, because part of you wants to grow. Part of you wants to become a better person. And so these challenging, difficult times, through the embracing and overcoming them, you will elevate and become a completely different human being. And so holding the truth that you can handle what comes place, you are responsible for what's being generated. Then what takes place is you're finding a fulfillment in going through it and that fulfillment generates a happiness because it's not doing something to you you are actually doing you are actually creating it for you to create a future that you want and so that happiness is being generated in the full intent that i'm bringing who i am to this particular scenario and i'm creating what i want because of it most of the time, what I've experienced, especially before I was in these classes, when I go through horrible, terrible times, we call them terrible, dark times, I do a couple things. One, I, don't, I, never seek, I never sought out support. I tried to endure it by myself. And the challenge in seeking out support is when I did actually seek out support, I was such a victim in my conversation. Now, I go back to that victim thing. Victim is how you communicate the ordeal to other people because you believe in that communication there's a certain reality that's true. But there's also some other purposes in doing it. And the difficulty is that when I conveyed it from a victim standpoint, I find less and less people who want to hear me coming from a victim. You must have people in your life when the phone rings, your mind goes, I am not going to answer that because that's going to be a two-hour, he did this to me, she did this to me conversation. My job is this way. I swear to you, one day I'm going to leave it. Uh, My wife does this, and I swear to you, one day I'm going to leave her. It's like one day, one day, one day, and one day never comes. And you've had that conversation with them a million times. You don't want to talk about it because they never take responsibility for their life. If you want to take responsibility for the scenario, now I want to actually call you. You know it's kind of exciting information because something completely new is going to happen. Hey, I want to call you because I remember I told you I didn't like my job. didn't like what they are doing for me. Yeah, I'm going to leave. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I got some ideas out here. Well, now you can have some sort of integrated conversation that encourages you to move forward. And it makes this whole terrible, difficult challenge in your life, something becoming much easier. The relationship. Remember I said it wasn't working out. Well, what I'm doing is we're going to go to counseling. And I'm going to actually listen to what the person says. And listening to what they said, they have they want us to do these, these particular things, and I freaked out about it because I don't know what I think about all this. That's a true conversation that you're now taking responsibility for your life and moving forward with it. So I believe challenging times happen to us for a reason, mainly because we ask for them. I also believe the bigger the challenge, that means you're bigger than you realize. You're, you can handle more than you know. Because this challenge seems absolutely overwhelming. You're the author of the challenge. And so you're capable of handling whatever takes place. And the biggest part of the challenge is not to make the challenge into a victim scenario so people will feel sorry for you. So people will feel bad for you. Because rather than sometimes being elevated and taking on the challenge, instead what we do is we go for sympathy. We go for acceptance. We go for safety. We go for trying to control others through the challenge. So the way you generate happiness, take responsibility for what's taking place. And when you take responsibility for what's taking place, you take ownership for what's taking place. And when you take ownership of what's taking place, you actually generate a happiness and a joy based on it, knowing that you're going to create a future unlike the the life that you're living in now. Get support. Get some people who think the same way you think. A lot of times what happens with people in our class, they take these classes, they get completely different ways of thinking, and then they don't seek out support from people who think the same way. And so they get support from people who don't think the same way, and they actually undo some of their powerful new thinking processes. And so it's always challenging to get support, but get support from people who are thinking like-minded. I don't mean... who are going to parrot you and tell you what you need to hear. Now, I mean people who are going to listen to you and then give you feedback on how you're operating from that place of responsible. It takes a challenge to create relationships like that. When well, the basic, I always encourage people to get their best friends into the basic so they can have those kind of conversations and be able to go through and deal with those challenging times. And so operate from responsible. Use a responsible tool from the from the victim responsible and the basic. What it is, what you know, but whatever choice or choices I made or did not make made this event turn out such that it did. What intuitive hit that I didn't listen to? What happened where I knew I should have done something? Not should have, but where I knew that I had choices to do things differently and I didn't do them, and then operate yourself from responsible. Next question, Cap
0: next up from lp i know happiness lies within but how can you create happiness when a negative cloud follows those you live with or work with how do i not let someone steal my happiness well first
1: off a couple things Uh, your happiness can't be stolen and it's a beingness that you're generating from within And the way you you actually uh, maintain it is not to associate it with external circumstances, um, but see it as an inside job that can be only done within you. What it sounds like is your happiness is contingent on the dark cloud that other people carry and use around them. And so what's taking place is that's, breaking down your happiness so there must be circumstances externally that's actually generating your happiness whether you want to talk about those or not and so this guy is like an eeyore dark cloud guy and this and so you're it's bringing you down and so what you're telling me without telling me that means other things you're looking for externally are bringing you up and what happens is that's operating from an addictive personality and a lot of us have them and so you're addicted to finding things that will build you up and make you happy, and then you're finding things that are going to bring you down, so now you can be, build up and be happy again, and so now you can bring yourself down, you've created some sort of pattern that's very normal, and it's something that you particularly like. I'll remind you of a book that many of us read, not everybody, but many of us read, but we're par- fairly familiar with the uh, characters from um, Winnie the Pooh. And one of the interesting things about the author of Winnie the Pooh is that they seem to write characters, that no one had the need to try to fix and everybody could be however however way they wanted to be no one tried to change Eeyore no one tried to make Eeyore happy or make him better all they did was invite Eeyore to wherever they were going and Eeyore was never not invited and so Eeyore could be seen as one of these negative dark cloud people and the truth of the matter is he kind of comes across that way but it didn't seem to change Winnie the Pooh or Christopher Robbins, or anybody else. They maintain their own personalities because they weren't looking externally from something that can be only generated internally. Now, obviously, it's a children's story, and so you're coming from a child's vantage point, and they're much more grounded than this than we are. We've been altered throughout the years, and we haven't made the best choices to make things happen for us. So, simply put, um, You're not creating your happiness inside. You're not being happy. You're looking externally for that. So the dark clouds is bringing it down and you're looking for something to bring it up. So I would tell you to start looking in your past. These neighborhoods that you seem to visit over and over again and allow yourself to begin to see them not in unhealthy qualities, but see them in emotionally highlights because it's because of these particular scenarios that are bringing you here now, that's going to generate and bring you into a future that you're really after. And so make yourself the author of your happiness, not the external circumstances. Things happen around me all the time. I do a lot of classes. And so a lot of times the people I'm working with aren't that happy. Or they're angry, actually. Or they're even more than angry. And so if my internal happiness was um, contingent on their response to me, I would never be happy. I would always be upset or distraught or messed up. I will only allow that to happen by particularly important people to me. And I know they affect me and they have particular patterns I'm working with. But when it comes to just general people around you, you all that certain scenario is doing for you right now is assisting you into seeing you're more you're more reliant on external circumstances um, than you are on your own internal circumstances. So move it back. You're the author. You're the creator. And uh, operate from that point versus other things. Next question,
0: Kat. Next from CK. Is gratitude the only answer?
1: CK. So um, obviously love is the answer. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by is gratitude the only answer uh, when it comes to creating happiness. Pleasures are monetary and short lived, so you can create certain pleasures. You can um, have sex, you can uh, buy a car, you can uh, uh, make a lot of money. You can there's little things you can do. Those are those are life's pleasures. Have a nice scotch, drink a nice wine. Uh, but gratitude is the emotional value that you play a you place upon the events that have taken place in your life. Gratitude is the difference from looking at your mom and loving her to looking at your mom and hating her. She brought you into this world, regardless of her frailties, her falsities, and whatever it is that she is. She is the one who nurtured you, took care of you, made sure you were, you were well um, and fed and all this kind of stuff up until, you know, you, you couldn't do that in the beginning. It was all up to her. And so when you begin to see her from that light, you can bring even, you start bringing gratitude toward her, no matter how terrible your relationships were with her. With her. Uh, but if you only see her based on what she did, um, and based on the actions that she performed, and so instead, like I said, instead, so hence what, she, what you interpret her to be based on her actions, you can't generate gratitude. You only generate anger. Frustration. She should have known better. She should have done better. I can't believe she did that to me. Da 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 da. da, da, da justifying your angry vantage point and your uh, incredibly poor lack of uh, connection and empathy with people. And so, gratitude has a powerful answer to it because we can attach gratitude to anything external um, that has a beingness quality to it. I can uh, I can attach gratitude to the question that you ask. It's a challenging question. I'm not exactly sure what you mean by it. But I can tell you that one thing, gratitude, I know a couple of things about it. One, it's the highest vibrational energy we can bring forth. And so being the highest vibrational energy that we can bring forth when you're working with the um, person that you want to become, uh, one of the ways that we do so is to see yourself in the future, the future you, what you'll be wearing, how you'll be dressing, what you'll own, monies that you'll have. And then you look at that future you in gratitude. And now you're applying emotional value to it. And you're seeing it as something that has yet to happen. It's in the future, but you're pulling it into your very now. And now you're being that kind of person right here. And so in essence, you're creating and generating a new you in this very moment. And so gratitude is associated with the manifestation of yourself, the manifestation of wealth, the manifestation of many things on the planet is generally, is not generally, is basically created off of gratitude. In other words, seeing a future event in the now, bringing a future event into the emotional now by tying it into this amazing emotion of gratitude, amazing beingness. I'll even, I won't even try to I to do it an injustice by saying it's an emotion it's a beingness that is one of the most powerful beingnesses that we as a human being can be in and creating a different result unbelievable um, this year is my, is my challenge for myself to live out uh, each day in higher gratitude and uh, as I talked about earlier my DNA addictive, emotional whatever it is um, point set where I set up my housing point um, is highly challenged by being gracious all the time. And so it's been it's been an enlightening enlightening experience, an eye opening experience, and a hard one for, for me to realize. There's a part of me that likes to be um, in a place of not happy, not sad, but neutral, and so. Breaking out of that, I need gratitude. And so generating and creating it, working with it throughout this year has been extremely eye-opening. So is gratitude the answer? I would say yes. Closely followed by love, not slightly surpassed. Kat, next answer next question.
0: Next from AS, what is a positive way to deal with hurt feelings?
1: One of the reasons we have certain Qual, uh, qualifiers on feelings and in happenings, uh, that was a good feeling, that was a bad feeling, that was a hurtful thing, that was a, a not hurtful thing, uh, is because we're learning how to grow up and we're assessing our world the way a child assesses their world. See, a child assesses the world in good, bad, right, wrong, hurtful, joyful and so that was a hurtful thing to say. That was a nice thing to say. That was the wrong thing to say. That was the dumb thing to say. That was a stupid thing. So a child sees them in these kind of polarities. And it's important for a child to see them in those polarities because it's very simple on how, how they need to operate to be liked by their parents, accepted by their parents, accepted by their families, uh, be acclimated into whatever societal, cultural systems that they're being acclimated into. And so those become essential and very important when you're growing up as a child. Oddly enough, when you actually become an adult, you start seeing the world from a completely different vantage point. There is no black, white, good, bad, right, wrong. And so when you feel a feeling, you don't see it as a hurtful feeling. It's merely a feeling. It's an emotion that's being generated by some sort of thought process that's happening in your brain, and it has a purpose for being generated. When we're basically hampered by our survival, viable characteristics in our survival thinking, that feeling is being generated because it's generated to keep you and to, to assist you in surviving. And so that feeling is being generated because you will actually see it as a hurtful feeling. So you'll retract from whatever scenario that you're in to keep yourself safe and to keep yourself removed from that particular scenario. So that's why an adult mom who's fairly well-developed, can embrace a child and all of its stupidity and hurtfulness and not, not be affected by that stupidity or hurtfulness because the mom realizes that she's not reacting to survival. It's her child and she loves him and that's just what the child's doing at this time. It isn't hurtful. It isn't right. It isn't wrong. It's just a happening. So the first way to look at your emotion is that it's how I feel. When we make it hurtful, we're generally associating it on somebody else. John hurt me. I feel hurt. So whenever you come to that place of I feel hurt, that means basically you don't want to be responsible for your own emotions. And so what you're doing is you're projecting them on somebody else and making them responsible for how you feel. So I would blow that system up and start taking responsibility for your emotions. You're the one who's creating them. You're the one who's generating them based upon how you're thinking. And you have a purpose for generating them, and so to have more specifics. If I knew why you were hurt or whatever hurtful emotion that you were going through, I could put, you know, I could give a little more direction or a little more information about this. But so the first thing to do is there is no hurtful feeling until you make it hurtful. You have a reason to make it hurtful, and so what end result are you trying to create? Displacement, disconnection retraction um, you want to create a uh, them feeling sorry for you you have a reason for doing this hurtful when someone acts hurt a lot of times it's a passive aggressive way to get people to feel sorry for them I'm so hurt I'm sorry what do I need to do to get back into alignment you know da, da, da. so and then a new trend I've been seeing about this hurtful quality has a lot to do with uh, relationships and somebody cheated on me, so um, they'd slept with somebody else or they, they had an affair or they didn't follow through with what they said they were going to do or they forgot my birthday or they forgot our anniversary or these kind of stuff. See, it's in that relational world that you get a chance to actually elevate this whole system of responsibility into a whole new level. Because all your reactions about them has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you. You can try to justify it all you want, but the truth of the matter is you're going through something and you're using them to assist you in doing so. Once you have that kind of camaraderie built together, you can you can stand a lot that's happening in your world. And being hurt is a very minimal part of it. And so I would take the hurtfulness right now. It's a, it's a sign of, of you becoming more enlightened. You're becoming more aware. And it's got a path for you that's going to bring you in yet into an even higher enlightenment. In a higher awareness, awareness is the key in that particular situation. Um, what you said cannot hurt me, but I'm making it hurtful for a reason. Why? Of all the possible emotions I could bring up. Why hurt? Why not joy? Why not happy? Why not whatever? I generated this, and so, so you got to ask yourself why. Kat, next question.
0: Uh, next from LR: Is anyone happy? I have a really hard time finding mine.
1: I can start asking people. Uh, I can say, my wife, she's always happy. She's amazingly happy. Um, I think what your question is more so I myself personally have not experienced a lot of happiness and have become a little disillusioned and been fearful I will ever actually experience happiness again. That's more than likely what you're coming from. And the truth is, if you wanted to be happy, you would. The point is, you don't want to be happy. You kind of want to be right where you are. This is one of the di- most difficult things to deal with when it comes to personal growth. Every advanced class I've ever been with, I'd have to tell them where you are right now, regardless of what you want to tell me about it, what I know is this. You like it or you wouldn't be there. Unhappy is a great place to come from. Because then I don't have to get my hopes up. I don't have to feel, I don't have to believe good things about people. I don't have to get all engaged in what's happening around the world. I can be pretty unaware of what's taking place in my life. I don't have to be emotionally connected to anything. I don't have to be responsible for anything because the best place to come from for unhappiness is victim. So I can be victim to the world. I can be victim to my circumstances and to my life. There's a lot of safety and control in being unhappy. And so what you want to explore first off is that you have reasons for making everything unhappy. Because it's, it's challenging, just so you know. It's a challenge to make things unhappy. You have a body that's a complete mystery to you. You have no idea why your heart beats. You have no idea how the blood flows. You have no idea how to grow hair. You have no idea how this thing operates. It's a complete and utter total mystery that goes on day by day by day. If that can't make you smile a little bit, I don't know what is. You got a universe that you're living in on a daily basis, and you have little comprehension of how you're using it, or how it's actually working with you. <clears throat> you got editing software in your mind; that's taking out all the possible joyful things in your world and bringing forth only the things that it knows is going to make you not happy. That's a powerful power in the realm of now, realm of experience. I tell them if you do, if you believe that the world is a, is an unfriendly place. You're going to basically interpret your nows into unfriendly and undurable places so you can actually be right about what you're feeling about your world. And so you'll begin to see what it is you believe so you can constantly create it and so you can be right about it. It's a challenge to look at this world and be unhappy about it. You start being around happy people, they're just looking at you like, what is wrong with you? There's a sun in the sky. There's food out there. I have a dog. I you know all they see of all the things they could be happy about. When you've gone through extremely challenging life though, there's not a lot of desire for ultimate happiness. You got to shut things down. When you get hurt too much and you're driven by that hurt, you don't want to get you don't want to elevate the possibilities of a good thing happening. Cuz it only brings it down lower when it doesn't happen. It's easier to be coming from that place of nope. Because what you're looking for right now solely is external things to generate your happiness. And there is nothing external that's going to generate your happiness. I can give you a million bucks right now. And you'll feel the same way you feel. might feel a little different for a couple hours, a couple of days. But this will come back. Because this is your journey to heal yourself and move towards something. I'll I'll assist you. You live in a survival mind. We have a survival mindset we were we were grown into. Part of our journey to elevation is breaking out of the survival mindset. And this survival mindset, it doesn't care if you're happy. Happiness is not part of its desire for operation. Keeping you safe, keeping you in control, keeping you in a place where you're light, keeping you in a place where you're right, these are things it cares about. Not whether you're happy or not. Happiness is not on the radar. All I care about is that you're in control of the situation. What I care about is you feel safe. And so happiness does not matter under that. And so you got to bust down that survival mindset. And again, that's the biggest challenge of being in personal growth. Because it's got a hold of you. And it's the biggest and most challenging thing to break down. So, yes, I've been around happy people. I've actually been happy myself now and again. Um, And it's achievable. Uh, The challenge is that you got to see why you want to achieve it. Because right now, there's nothing, there's no reason for you to achieve it. There's no reason to want it. So, got to switch there first, and then you'll start seeing things. All right, Kat, next question.
0: So that's actually all the time we have for questions. Uh, However, we have a number of people on the call who have questions about our series of classes who have not yet attended our courses. So if you could just take a moment to share about our series of classes and then give us some takeaways uh, from your teaching tonight to close out the call.
1: All right. So we have uh, three major classes. One's called the basic, one's called life success course, and one's called leadership class. Basic is a three-day class about awareness. It's awareness training. And what we're doing is we're trying to broaden your awareness so you become aware of how you're operating in your world. You have created habitual patterns, programs, all of us do, and these habitual patterns and programs have been designed by a three- and four- and five-year-old. And so they have assisted you greatly in getting you to where you are right now, but to get any farther than where you are right now, these programs have to be busted up, educated. They have to be shifted a bit. So you can now move farther. Your belief or your thinking around a particular way is uh, solidified until that's broken up and you become aware that it's solidified, then you can do something different. And so it's a challenging class. It's a fun class. It's a fast-going class. And uh, it's called the basic. And it's three days. And it's all about awareness training. Life Success Course is a seven-day course held in a different environment. Place called the ranch up in Northern California. Uh, the ranch is located in Clear Lake Oaks. It's about a 1,900 acre ranch that we have some outs- outdoor courses on, indoor courses on. We have outdoor facilities and indoor facilities, um, and on that place you get fed, you get housed, and um, you're all taken care of. And up there is referred to as a transformational training. Um, you got to be renewed by by tr- by tr- your, by transforming your mind and your way of seeing your world. Um, What's happened is we get locked into a particular scenario where we become resistant to it and becoming resistant to it. uh, We create a resentment around it and that resentment resistant quality, we get in a place of revenge. We live out of revenge in our world. And so the life success course is to create in place where you now transform And become a completely different person who is not generating a revengeful or revengeful orientation in their life, but is actually generating love, peace, calmness, openness, um, appreciation, forgiveness, uh, which is creating a completely different environment for your personal relationships and your business relationships and your own personal image that creates a phenomenal result um, in you as a human being. So you got to be transformed. These ways of thinking have to be transformed. And then we have a leadership seminar. There are nine days on a ranch, same ranch up in Northern California. I just came out of a men's leadership seminar. Uh, it was a nine-day course. Just got done with it a couple of days ago. And what we're doing is teach, putting you in scenarios where you see how you lead and how effective that leading is, and then give you possibilities to lead differently. Uh, The co-founder of the company, a guy named Thomas Wilhite, his belief was pretty simple. You can only lead others to the way you lead yourself. And so leading yourself becomes paramount. And so you can only lead others as far as you lead yourself. So how are you leading yourself? Start looking at your world. Are you making choices based upon what you want to create in the future, or is it all based upon the circumstances or the finances, or how people may or may not like you. In other words, are you making the kind of choices in your world? Are you taking leadership um, for, for what you want and who you want to become as a human being, or you're hoping things work out? And so for nine days, you're challenged on how you're choosing right now to lead, and you're giving environments to where you see yourself leading differently, and then through those environments, you're creating different results and now you're seeing a result oriented system that, sh- that, that, that shifts how you see your world and you operate completely different amazing classes and they give you a lot more choices to creating what you want so some finalities some things to look at first off the beingness in our doing is far more important than the doingness in our being so who you bring to a scenario is far more important than what you do in scenario. What's more important about any action that takes place in this world is not so much the action that takes place in this world, but the beingness that had to be drawn forth to make the action happen. You can be put in scenarios where courage is necessary, but until you draw forth your courage, nothing different will take place. Once you start being the person that you want to be, you will start entering into a flow, into an existence. You'll experience it over and over and over again where you feel a oneness with your universe because you have an, an elevated experience. And you know, it's like you know that you don't know. It's just like, wow, I, I knew that. I knew this could happen. I knew I could be this way, where an event takes place and you look back to the past and you see every event beforehand made this one event possible. And so search your heart and see. The way to do is actually to be. And so focus on your beingness. Set up a pattern where you get up in the morning and you look out, how do I need to be tomorrow? And then sit down tomorrow night and ask yourself, was I being that way? Did I operate that way today? And what was the result of being that way? And start seeing what's taking place in your daily life that encourages you to take more and more control over this beingness. Be, do, have is your answer. Be, to, have is the formula. And so start getting yourself skilled in utilizing this particular formula. And it will <laughs> unlock the person that you want to become. Because the truth of the matter is, operate from have to or operate from want to. As fairly disciplined human beings, you'll operate from have to for a certain amount of time. But you'll never take any risks and have to. Operate from want to. In other words, bring forth happiness. Generate that joy. Generate that happiness in each and every scenario. You'll become a different person. You'll become passionate in this in the in your in your universe. You'll be excited about what takes place and what's going to take place. You'll have an appreciation for what's happening in your world, and you'll take risks in accordance with who you are, and become a change agent in your family in your community, and in yourself. Be, do, have. That's all I have to, for tonight, Kat.
0: Awesome. Those are some great takeaways. Thank you so much, Rob, for sharing your teaching with us tonight.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity. And um, gosh, you guys create a great life. A great life is out there. And it's something that for some of us, it takes a little longer. And for others, of it doesn't take it long. But it does take some work. So take on the work.
0: And thank you to everyone listening in. Uh, We hope that you enjoyed the training and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, December 10th. You can register now at psilive.com. If you're getting value from our podcast, don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes and share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you Thank taking you all. the time to listen in. Have a great night.
1: You too. Have a great night.